This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, the best independent sports podcast on the planet, is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Panko Chicken. Panko Chicken is the home of the best Japanese American chicken tender, and it continues to rack up the awards in Atlanta, winning the 2019 Super Bowl Live Top Sling Vendor Award, multiple best selling tastes at the Taste of Atlanta Awards in 2017 and 2018, and even the best fried chicken award at the 2018 ATL Fest. Panko is all about connecting cultures, cultivating happiness, one chicken tender at a time. I love Panko, their family, and I can't thank them enough for their support of this podcast. It it just it means a lot. And um, yeah, so go to their Midtown location, their Tucker location, and all their future locations as they take over Atlanta because they're family. And I love them. And I couldn't be more excited to see more and more locations pop up and all of that um, that goes with it. So go to, go to Panko, get some chicken, get some rice, get some beer. There's all kinds of great stuff. Um, whatever you want, Panko Chicken has it. So go do that. Um, also, go to chasethomaspodcast.com. I am uh, I'm writing my ass off there uh, these days. So go do that. Read my stuff. You can get access to all of my previous episodes. You can buy my merch. You can learn more about just why I do what I do and why I believe I'm going to get where I want to go. Um, this is my dream, this, uh, this sports media thing. And um, you were going to see me on ESPN one day or Sports Illustrated or Fox Sports or DAZN or whoever um, because I'm not going to quit. I am, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep grinding. I'm going to keep punching out episodes, writing articles, and just outworking everyone because I just, I just want this more and I believe my product and I believe in where I'm going. Um, we're over 300 episodes strong and this is what I want. Uh, there will be no slowing down, took a break, but this is, uh, this is my jam and this is what I want. This is my passion. And, uh, yeah. So leave a rating, Leave a review on iTunes. It means a lot. Share my articles on Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Um, and join me as I keep climbing the ladder and all of that because I I just I need your support. So if you like the podcast, keep listening, keep subscribing, tell tell your friends, keep sharing it out, keep reading my work. And uh yeah, so okay. All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back 
to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. On the line right now, Chris Domino. Chris, good evening. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Chase. How about you? I'm good. Um, I've had Nick on a couple times. I don't know if you were familiar with that or not, but um, it was time to see if I could get you on, and um, you, you're here. Yeah, it's good. Listen, I'm sure it was award-winning what you did with uh, Nick Cellini. I'm sure people are going to be knocking down your doors. Just looking for copies of that. As a matter of fact, I would actually probably just start selling copies of the next lady exclusive interviews. <laughs> I mean, it's him, it's Matt, it's Loth. I mean, it's I've had just about everybody. Goodness. Yeah. Well, yeah, it seems like I'm sort of last is what you're basically telling me. I, well, no, last will be Kincaid because I don't know if I would ever do that. I, I really don't okay. know. That, that would be a tough one for me to, to do. I, I got to be honest, if I'm part next, if I'm part next to Kincaid, I'm still not feeling very good about <laughs> this right now. As a matter of fact, I think it's I think it's time this interview ends. Oh, I understand. I understand. Um, so you're a, a big baseball guy. You are someone that I wanted to pick their brain on just what the Braves are doing right now. They won again today. Um, Acuna going for 40-40. I, I've been going back and forth on this all season where I just look at the Astros and I look at the Yankees and I look at the Dodgers. And then the Braves are having this great season that no one really saw happening. A lot more regression to the mean. I didn't like their offseason. I had a lot of questions. I still think... I mean, we'll get into some of the other stuff that I have qualms about still months later. But do you think they're real contenders? Or do you think they're pseudo-contenders? Kind of like what the Pirates were a couple years ago. The Orioles fell in this category. Where like, they're really good. But they're still just not in tier one with the Dodgers, Yankees, and Astros. Do you think that's fair, or do you think that they could actually yeah. get through the buzzsaw that would be the Dodgers and then the Astros or Yankees in the World Series? Well, I, I think you can have yeses to both. I think there's a tiered system, and I think because of certainly what the Yankees can do offensively, you know, they found parts and pieces they never knew could do the things they did. They're pitching the suspect. Houston, I look at it as a whole package, and the Dodgers certainly, if Walker Bueller is you know, sort of this version of this guy in October, and Clayton Kershaw's a tick better than he's been in October, it's okay to say that you're, you know, laid in right in below those teams. Yeah. But the answer, can they get through and beat anybody? Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, the fact that this team hits home runs, now they don't hit them to the level that the Twins do, they probably don't hit them to the level that the Yankees do, but at the end of the day, you know, your ability to hit a three-run home run is actually a big thing, because when you face them, Really the best pitching, and I would throw Houston into that category. Certainly throw Los Angeles into that category. I'd throw Washington if you had to play them in a series. If you, you, know, you don't paper cut the best pitchers in baseball. You can, you can beat them. Verlander gives up home runs, but they're all solos. You turn those into two, three-run shots, and all of a sudden, Houston and Verlander are beatable. So, uh, yeah, this team is, I think, slotted fourth, if, if that's a real number yeah. in baseball. If you can be the fourth best team in baseball. But it doesn't mean you can't win a five game. Doesn't mean you can't win a seven game, and it doesn't mean that you can't all of a sudden now find yourself in a position where a year last year, you know, the one thing I will disagree with a lot of people is that um, last year was a surprise, no doubt about it. And you can tell me that you're a year ahead of schedule even this year because next year is supposed to be the year that you find out do you have another young arm someplace who can pitch. But I don't think you can sort of just say if they don't do something this year that, oh, it's okay, there's next year. I just don't buy that. Yeah. You don't you know, you don't you don't win to the tune of ninety five. You don't spend money on Dallas Keuchel. You don't find a, a an MVP type season in Freddie Freeman and, and maybe even Ronald Acuna and then say, Well no no, it's okay this year if you don't do 
what it is we're talking about, you know, extended into deeper October. Right. I'm going to be thoroughly disappointed if this team doesn't find a way to win a series or two. At a minimum one. Yes. And I got to tell you, if you go against any of these teams that we're talking about, and I guess the Dodgers more than anybody in the NLCS, uh, I don't want to see what happened last year. I felt overmatched last year. It shouldn't happen. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is based on payroll. Like if you look at the history of Major League Baseball, the teams that operate in that top five payroll, top 10 at worst, that's sustainable. Like that model is sustainable for success. If you have smart front office people and you manage your funds correctly, you'll be contenders for years and years and years. The Braves are never going to get well, in the top no, five category yeah. ever again. But be careful with the years and years and years things because Boston's certainly an example of where that hasn't worked. And there have been a lot of people who've been throwing money out. You know, if the Cubs don't get in this year, you know, what about them? You know, and they got Hugh Darvish and certainly Jason Hayward, and then guys are going to have to get paid. I'm not a huge believer in that you need X amount to win. Uh, I'm more of how many guys under contract play above their pay grade. I'm much more in tune with that than, than total payroll. Because if you have two, Jake Arrieta is $75 million, $25 million this year for Philadelphia. Well, that, that bumps your payroll. What are you getting out of him? You're not getting $25 million worth of product. And, you know, if you get $565,000 players who are playing like Ronald Acuna and, you know, Ozzy before they get their bums coming up in the not too distant future, then you got a shot. You know, Austin Riley is ridiculously good for a four or five week period. You're paying him at a major league minimum. Uh, I don't care that Josh Donaldson's making $23 million because I can play the game of my left fielder and my third baseman at twenty three five sixty five. You know, I'll do the math on that. That's less than $12 million per. So I'm more in line with what value do you get out of the money that you're paying as opposed to the total to the total payroll itself. I think you can win with 110. I, I do because I just think now how many guys – now the problem for a team like Oakland and, and I took it six times since the year 2000. They lost in a game five of a five-game series because they don't have a horse up front. Mm-hmm. Certainly in the latter end, one Hudson, you know, Hudson, Zito, and uh, Mulder, when they well, were got Hummer Bailey now. That's what <laughs> yeah, but what plagued them in the years that they've lost in five games is they couldn't trot out a horse. And you'd say, well, they didn't pay for a horse. And I would tell you, you're right. That's a real tangible to me. But the, but the total payroll isn't. You know, teams have an ability. Some teams have an ability to throw more money after a bad contract. Most yes. teams don't have that luxury. The Braves don't have that luxury. you got to hit on Keiko. you got to hit on Donaldson. Mm-hmm. While Freddie is still relatively good value, better value than that this year. And then if I throw in again Riley and Duval, who you paid nothing to, if they give you a stretch, how long can the stretch go? And at the end yeah. of the day, did they pay above, play above their pay grade? Yeah, because you're not going to hit on all these guys. And this goes back to the young guys and building around a bunch of young guys as well Is that like Braves fans have just gotten kind of um, a little too confident about their developmental system where it's like, oh, they hit on Albies, they hit on Acuna, they hit on all these guys. But like you don't hit on everybody. It's impossible to hit on everybody. And when you're a market like Atlanta now and you're the 14th highest payroll in baseball, um, you have to hit those signings that you're talking about, your, the Josh Donaldson one-year deals, the Keuchel mid-season acquisitions. Those have to hit because um, it's just a lot of those guys are not going to be back next year. You're never going to lock a lot of these guys up long-term. And I just have questions about these young guys, like Kyle Wilson. Like They've already moved one of them. Like Everybody's a great prospect until they're moved. Like Colby Allard, they were looking at him for years, and then he's gone. And then you have Goara, gone. And like pitching starting pitching is the hardest thing to forecast and it's um it's a tough thing 
to deal with. Like the Yankees have never been able to develop pitching. The Red Sox don't develop their own pitching. Like it's a really tough thing. Um, even the Astros struggle with it now, and they're just built around Verlander and Garrett Cole, two guys who didn't come from their system, and then they trade for Grinky. Well, like, but yeah, but I'll also play the game of I will. Uh, I'll draft bats and buy arms. Now I don't yes. want to buy arms at the price from three years ago, and it's you know what's going to be interesting. There are two legitimate test cases, and really three if you talk about. Julio's $12 million option, you know, what, based upon the last two years of free agency, what is Keiko worth on the open market with what he's done? If he has a bigger October, can he bump it? Sure. Donaldson, what's he worth? Well, I know in the last two years, here's what I know, and I've talked to enough people, you can, you, you can theorize it, and then you go to smart people, and that's talking to club people, but it's also talking to agents. And at the end of the day, uh, if you think you know what the free agent market's going to be for Rendon, you don't. You just don't because the last two years will tell you. And what's happened is uh, Jason Hayward's contract is one of those contracts that I look at and say that was a turning point to this whole thing. I think Arietta's deal is going to be one of those. Uh, I'm going to be more than cautiously optimistic. I might not get in on somebody that projects like that. Now, whether the projection is right or whether help comes in, Jason Hayward, if, if you've got a guy who you can tell me is better than Jason Hayward, therefore I deserve $184 million plus one, you're wrong. Those days are done. I'm not paying for that anymore. I'm not paying for past performance. These guys are trying to figure out what's old in today's baseball. Is 32 old? Is 33 old? You know, they don't know, but I certainly know they want it to tick down. And, you know, Steven Strasburg opts out of his contract. He's got three years left at 75. Now, it's a goofy contract. It's 15, 15, 45. But all he really cares about is can I get a $76 million and that's why people are saying, well, what's he going to opt out? He's got $45 million in his last year. He doesn't care about that. It all spends the same. If he can get a $120 million deal, that's better than the 75 he's still got existing. But nobody really knows other than they'd like to push it down. And it's not collusion. It's a market correction. These, these guys, it's like quarterbacks in the NFL. At a certain well, point, I think there was a little bit of collusion. We've been spending bad money for a long time. No. Because you got to look at what happened with Machado and Harper. They were out there too long. You have to look at the guys in their prime and what they were looking for. I think it's collusion may be a little strong, but they're all three hundred million dollars. Listen, three hundred million dollars tells you there was no collusion. You can't tell me three hundred million dollars. I don't care if it's only one. It's three hundred million dollars for both of those guys. There's no collusion. There's a market correction. They can't pay anymore the way that it was stupid money being spent. And I'm not telling you they're not going to get themselves in a situation again. Look at NFL quarterbacks. You got a pulse, you get twenty million. Well, who says that's a really smart thing anymore? And at some point, just like when Sam Bradford got fifty million and Jamarcus Russell got fifty million before they played it down, cooler heads eventually prevail. So is Rendon going to get one hundred fifty million? Somebody's telling me he's getting Arenado money. Well, yeah. Arenado's got seven years left at an average of thirty-five million. I'm going to tell you this: Anthony Rendon is not getting that. He's not. I mean, you know, he Garrett should. Cole, no, he shouldn't. Why? I mean, it's because there's relative worth is over. There's no more relative worth in baseball. You can get a bidding war up. You can play the game of, look, I've got Team X over here, and, and if you don't do this, somebody else might. Well, now it's a game of chicken to some degree. But, but the days of saying, my guy is better than that guy, therefore he deserves. Nope, different time, different place. It doesn't count anymore. It's over. And by the way, arbitration is the bane of existence of these guys because all it takes is one bad deal. In arbitration, I can make a case that my guy is better than Jason Hayward. Can't make that case in free agency and all of a sudden demand money and think it's going to fall out of the sky. 
totally craziest thing about arbitration now. to me is that the guys are in the room when teams are discussing this well, and like no, being brutal. I, I gotta, no, most don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Steve Avery, Steve Avery did it once, and I said, how bad was it? He said, they made it sound like they couldn't make my high school team. Right. Like, you can know? you imagine being in the room for that? Like, just, I think we all like to believe we have a lot more thick skin than we have, but just the whole arbitration process and that there were guys just in the room for this kind of stuff and just but, reading about how brutal it can get. I, I remember... So, Garrett... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I just, like, there's the book, I don't know if you read Molly Knight's book on the Dodgers, The Best Team Money Can Buy, and there's, you'll go through these different books about, like, teen, like guys fighting through arbitration and just sitting in the room and just listening to their team, like, who are supposed to be on their side make the yeah. case against them, that love them. Well, they're, not, like, no, they're not on their side. Right. Like, the ridiculous notion is if you actually had a clan and you were convincing them the team is on your side, no, they're on your side once we're done with the contract. They're not on your side. You know, look, I understand that notion, and... And if you don't want to be there, don't be there. Guys aren't there anymore. These things are all, and, and they all want to settle before you get to that point. Most cases actually do. There's really not a lot of arbitration hearings anymore. But there's pie charts, there's graphs. You can make numbers sing and dance. Scott Boris puts out 200 page, whatever books on, on Bryce Harper. Or, it, it's, it's absurd. Look, I'm going to tell you this. Manny Machado got $300 million because while he wanted a two- or three-year opt-out, they were like, no way. We'll make it 300 instead of 240 but you're not going to be able to opt-out until after five because they think they've got a good enough farm system. Well, why spend for two years? All of a sudden, here come the players that can actually play, the young talent that's not overpriced, guys are getting minimum, and let that guy walk away. So they traded from 240 up to 300 to, to make him stay for an extra three years. Harper's the crazy one because it's 13 years without an opt-out. I mean, that guy dropped anchor. I, it, I'm, I'm blown away. I give him credit. I've talked to him about it. He just said, I was not going to be half in. If I'm moving my family, if we're going to have a baby, which they did, we're going to know where we're going to be. Yeah. And, and it was, that's an interesting thing. But, but there's no, they're, they're on your side. They're pulling for you when they need to pull for you. I promise the front office is pulling for you during the season. They're pulling for your health, but they're not pulling for you, you know, come contract time. What's the case against the Dodgers winning the NL? What is your biggest fear um, for them uh, to not uh, back make it into the, the bullpen? Okay, you know, back back into the bullpen. I I, I think that they certainly have enough offense, and uh, you know, they 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 pound you pretty good. You know, they got guys who all of a sudden you look and you go, "Hey, remember John Peterson? Yeah, I remember him. There he is." You know, Seager and you know Bellinger's obviously had an MVP type year, but I I, I would think more than anything, it's Kershaw not being. Uh, I don't know, good enough. But uh, even now, they have a, a five-man rotation that's just having a just an all-time great year. Like it's not; it doesn't have to just be Kershaw anymore. Well, but you can't have a, a bad outing from Ryu and then tell me you don't need Kershaw. You can't have a bad bad outing from Bueller and tell me you get a bad one from. Look, it's the reason they're the, they're the favorite in the National League is because they're the most complete team. What they could be lacking is the back end of the bullpen. You yeah. know, I I don't think they feel great. And nobody throws nine anymore. I don't care how good you are. You know, Walker Bueller could strike out 14. He could do it in seven innings. And if you're in a 4-3 game, 3-2 game, uh, they're as vulnerable as anybody else. That's why, look, at the end of the day, nobody wants to play the wild card. You know, nobody wants to play 162 to get to the point where if I lose, I go home. Especially the Pirates. Uh, I get that. <laughs> yeah, no, but I get that. But at the end of the day, you're going to find yourself in a situation in a best of five where it might not be the fourth or the fifth that eliminates you. But the second game or the third game could be your death knell. You know, you got your ace going, and all of a sudden you, you, you blow a game or you don't hold on to a game. Um, 
while it's not the lose and go home game, it's, it's the series turning game. And, you know, what I do like about the Braves is I, and we haven't seen it a lot because they really haven't had a lead like this, but the seventh, eighth and ninth inning, there's only Josh Tomlin and Luke Jackson, the last men standing in that bullpen from opening day. You know, I'll also tell you what I believe, and I've done it now for years. You'll ask somebody who's been breaking camp, you know, a team will come into town and I go into visitor's clubhouse in the first couple of weeks. I said, how do you feel about this bunch? Well, everybody feels good about their team breaking camp. What, what the right answer is, is come ask me on this first when I have a completely different 25 up here, whether yeah. it's health, whether it's trades, whether it's, so the question coming out of spring training is really goofy. We all fall, you know, we all fall prey to ask him because it's just one of those conversation starters when you when you're trying to find out from an organization or a manager or a player what he thinks, but but August first is really the day. If you're in it, go do a comparison. Do an overlay of the Braves opening day roster now. It's not even close to the same baseball team. It, it, Araldis Vizcaino feels like a lifetime ago. Um, it, and, uh, I, and no doubt about it. Look, Kyle Wright in your opening rotation, Bryce yeah. Wilson, your first three games. There's 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 a lot of and you're throwing Keuchel and, and Austin Riley. Nobody knew what he was going to do. Adam Duvall had to be sent down because you didn't think he was going to get that. Matt Joyce was put on this team 72 hours before they broke camp. Matt Joyce is going to start a playoff game for this team. Throwing Billy Hamilton and Andy, uh, you know, Danny Etcheria, and, and you're going, and the three guys at the back end of the bullpen, this team resembles nothing like the team that, that broke camp. For for the better. And Alex Antopoulos deserves a lot of credit for what he's done midseason. Well, uh, he's, I don't know who votes on executive of the year, but if it's not him, I don't know who the hell else will be. I mean, it should just uh, continue. Like, is there an AL and NL executive of the year? Or is it just one? I don't remember. Is it? Just uh, I, you know what? I think there, I want to think there's both. That's what you I know? thought. Yeah. Um, AL is nobody, easy. AL, you just have to keep going one how, um, until the Astros just really implode. Cause just everything that they're doing is just, you, you have to, um, I don't know. I, I, Alex Anthopoulos deserves a lot of credit. I, I would definitely say that. I don't think, um, I, I don't know. I, I think we'll have to. This is not what he wants. This is not the team, but it's the team that they needed. It's the team that they piecemeal together. So yeah. do I think Alex Anthopoulos thinks this is a, you know, a, a world beater? No, he knows it. You know, I got to hope that Keiko's a frontline guy. My 21, 22 year old kid, you know, thrown in the two slot is, you know, is ready for that moment. And if it's Max Fried or if it's Mike fulton if it's, you know, Julio, uh, I don't know who's going to get it. I'm assuming it's still Max Fried. You know, maybe the other two guys are best suited out of the bullpen. That's for smarter people than me to decide. But this is not the team that Alex Anthopoulos is, is, is here for. He didn't come here for this. He came here to have, you know, three or four guys in a rotation that you don't have to pay. I hope you buy a real horse if there's somebody out there to, you know, take over that spot and, and, and sort of be the, you know, I, I want to say it's Verlander, what he did walking into Houston, but there aren't enough of those guys to really, and you're not getting Garrett Cole. Him. Like it's just, you're not going to outbid the Yankees for Cole. Cashman's wanted Garrett Cole for like five years. Well, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, like I said, you can drive the price up and help that. It's like an auction. You can hold your paddle up and make them pay more. I'd like to think I'm in on anybody. I would like to think I got enough money. You know, Freddie's eventually going to have to get a new deal. Um, but but the, I think the team that Alex Antopoulos thought he was going to get is he was going to buy a bat uh, to play in the outfield when Nick Marquez was done. He was going to have four guys, 20, you know, Freed's 25, so let's just say 26 and under, with Freed being the oldest guy, pay for one pitcher, pay Freddie Freeman on an extension, get a deal like he got done with Albies, get a deal like he got done with, with Ronald Acuna, 
Um, and see Foster Molly can be an everyday third baseman for less than a million bucks. But I, but I know he needs a corner outfielder or a Pache comes up and a Cunha. You know, if you, if Christian Pache is here next year and you're not paying him anything else, I, I don't want to hear that I can't get in on Garrett Cole. I don't because then I've got a guy, I know my contracts on, on my second baseman and my right fielder. And Acuna is a right fielder. He's not a center fielder. But if I got Pache and a left fielder, it's not costing me anything. If I got Pache and an Austin Riley, it's not costing me anything. I sure as hell should be in for Garrett Cole for more than $30 million. Why would I not be? I, I agree. I just don't think they will. I don't think they're going to get in on it. I think they're going to be looking at the, the Dallas Keuchel tier. I don't think they're going to be swinging for the fences with any of the the top of line starters. I would be pretty floored. I would like to be. I would like to be wrong on this, but I would. I would be shocked if that was the case. Would you well, reside Donaldson? Uh, two years, absolutely. Three years, I think it gets a little bit questionable. Unless you're willing to eat the last year a little bit, you know, it's 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 like throwing bacon on top of a salad. Am I am how much of my am, am I willing to eat? I think there's probably an American League team. Look, I said he's a test case. Keuchel's a test case. Julio picking up the option for twelve million. Whether you keep him or trade him in the off season, what do you do with that option? You know, I, I, I'm just a believer that you you can't tell me that whether it's the battery, whether it's attendance, whether it's the go for it now. Uh, I don't want to hear that I can't have a couple of thirty million dollar players on my roster if I have four pitchers that I'm paying nothing to. If I have a corner outfielder that I've got on the steal, if I've got a center fielder that's making a minimum. Donaldson isn't here. I got a third baseman who's making a minimum. Uh, I, I think you're supposed to be able to be in on two of the higher price guys, and those guys would be Freddie Freeman and, and whether it's Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg. I'm, I'm just not of the belief that I'm going to give them a pass if they're not in. Doesn't mean you're going to land them, but if you're not in on it, that one's going to be disappointing to me, especially if you progress through a, a DS. And you go toe-to-toe with the Dodgers. Look, nobody knows who's on Minnesota. Nobody knows who's on Oakland. Nobody knows who's on Tampa. Those teams are doing ridiculously good jobs. I don't want to live in that world where I've got to worry about that game four and game five. I want to be able to trot out a stud. St. Louis didn't know what they had in their pitching until the last month. Those guys are filthy. We're all of us around here were saying, please, God, let it be St. Louis. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Um, I, I, I. You're right. I just don't. I don't share. I maybe I, I don't know. It, it, you're this is what you want, but is that actually what you believe? Do you think you'll see headlines on Talking Chop that the Braves are in on player X that you want them to be on? Do you think that that's actually going to happen? What is your gut telling you? I do. I think they're okay. going to. I do. I think they can be. Look, I think you can't tell me that you're you're here to win if you're taking the the the, the crawl, crawl walk run. Let's just say it sort of is that way. You know, Houston had three 100 losing seasons. They lost 400-plus games over a four-year span. It was awful. Chicago was awful. Oakland never really went through a rebuild because nobody would have known the names anyway. But lo and behold, they're 90-plus wins right now. And, you know, you can tell me, you walk up to a guy who says he's a baseball fan. He couldn't name four guys in the Oakland A's. You know, if you told him he was going to take his car They're doing this with Chris Davis falling off a cliff, being one of the worst players in baseball this year. Right. And Minnesota... You have five guys with 30 bombs. Nobody knows who any of them are. I mean, seriously, there's three guys on Minnesota. If there's four in Oakland, there's three on Minnesota, and nobody knows what's going on in Tampa except they're a good developmental team. They play. They must play. I don't watch them enough, but they must play a really good brand of fundamental baseball. Uh, they must not really beat themselves on a lot of nights, and they don't have extended lo- – you can't have extended losing streaks and, and push past 90 wins. So that tells me whether it's a mindset, mentality – you don't beat yourself. You have an ability to come back and score in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. 
you have to do something well to be a 90-win team. Um, I don't know because I'm not watching them every day, but I'm sort of flawed by the idea that you don't have to spend the money that you were talking about early and be competitive. I do know when the road ends for those types of teams, though. It's when a horse or two um, has an opportunity to beat them for a second or a third time, even in a seven-game series. That's where those teams get in a lot of trouble. They just can't match up with a big power arm or a playoff-type guy, and that's usually where they bow out. You would love the Mike Fierce stat. Um, have you seen his splits against the Astros versus everybody else this season? I don't know. I have not. It's insane. He's like he's been pelted, like just murdered. He lasted like an inning and a third the last time he faced the Astros for like eight runs. But his, if you look at his FIP and his ERA for the whole season, like elite knockdown. Like he just has talked about it where he's like, "Yep, gotten beaten up, and then I just block it out, move on to the next team, and then he just." It doesn't face him, but he's atrocious against the Astros and is just lights out against everybody else. It's it's wild. Well, and all he needs is one good one against the Astros, whether it's a market correction or he's good enough to not get beat for the fourth time. I don't know how many times he's gotten slapped around by him, but but he's good enough to have one of those. It's like four or five now. I don't care if you get luck. Yeah, so, but, but all he needs is one. If you're a playoff team and you didn't need him to be good against Houston, look, that doesn't mean... Everybody in Houston's not getting to the ballpark 10 minutes early because they know the numbers against them. But you just need one good one. You know, that's what take going to October is all about. I, I, I don't need to, to be the better team. I don't need to win nine innings. Now, Mark Lemke and I talk about something. It's funny. It's, you know, he, I think unconsciously he's now using it because I've heard him use it a few times in a pregame show. Plays made, plays not made. It's not an error. It's not a team error. But I know it when I see it. You don't make a play. And next thing you know, hey, what happens? Uh, I saw it with the Braves. Ground ball, little dribble. You don't make a play, boom, next guy up two on homer. Ronald Acuna doesn't feel the ball correctly. Segura runs and takes second. Next thing you know, you're changing the inning because there's no double play ball. Boom, home run, and it's two runs. So it's not an error. But how often do you make the play in a game? I don't have to be the best team for 27 outs, but if I give you 30 and I strike out 15 times, let me tell you what I just did. You played a 10-inning game, and I played a 5-inning game. And that's where you get beat. You know, Houston is crazy because they strike people out and they don't strike out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the most amazing thing about them is they catch you both ways. But if I'm the Braves, if I can keep my strikeouts under double digits, if I'm an eight-strikeout team in the postseason, uh, I'm looking to hit a three-run homer. I'm looking to hit a three-run homer and a two-run homer. I can beat anybody that way. I can't do it if I strike out 14 times and if I make a couple of plays in the field that let them grab an extra one, two, or three outs. There's nothing worse than knowing that you gave a team a 10-inning game when you only had five because you struck out. And that's why the idiocy of strikeouts are the same as every other out. I mean, if, if, I, I'm assuming that's not really being pushed the way it was a couple of years ago because that's the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, Dansby, are you ready to finally – I've been on this – I've been beating this drum for a while. I, he's not a star. It's not happening. That ninety-three WRC plus injuries have been part of it. But like, are you ready to move on from him being considered a core piece like Albie's, Acuna, and Freeman? Well, I don't. I don't think he is because if he was considered a core piece, I think he would have had his contract right. extension too. I, I, I can look. The fact that he went from being a really good two-hole hitter to being an eight-hole hitter, um, I just need him to get hot. Do I? Do I think his problem is he's going to be measured against other number ones. He's going to be measured against yes. the Correas of the world. He's going to be measured, measured against the Lindors of the world, just at the position, and then let alone the draft pick. But I'm not I'm not expecting him to be any of those guys, but I'm not going to pay him like any of those guys. Right. I can deal with a shortstop who's 
serviceable, um, who's better than that defensively, I hope, who plays enough games where if he's in the eight hole, he can move runners over. Look, at the end of the day, in the two hole, he had a crap ton of RBIs. Uh, and what was really nice about it is he was starting when he was going well, he was going the other way. Inside in, you know, middle and in, I, I saw him pull balls down the line and hit home runs. I got excited because I saw him have a little power going the other way, and he didn't need just that pitch to, to be in his own, or he didn't need that pitch to go for a three- or four-game stretch where he hit well. He's got to find it again. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make him no more in his heyday. I'm not trying to make him any of those guys. I don't care where he was drafted anymore either. You know, the other thing, if you're disappointed because he was a number one overall pick, well, he wasn't your number one overall pick. You know, it's it's not like you burned the pick. It, Dave I, Stewart in Arizona. I don't care did. about that stuff. Yeah, I don't care about that stuff anymore. I don't care if a guy's drafted in the twenty second round. I don't care if he walked off the street. I don't care if he walked out of a cornfield. You know, I I just need what I <laughs> I just need to know when I'm paying him now, and does he give me value? Do I get bang for my buck? That's that's the only you know, Moneyball, I, phenomenal movie, and and I don't even know how they made a phenomenal movie out of it. And, in any way, shape, or form, but but it's it's not a new concept. It's what am I paying, and how much, and how well do you play? It's do I have value, and how how many spots in the field do I have value? If I have more spots than you, where I'm getting value, bang for my buck, and it allows me to spend where I'm not as good and where I need to shore it up. That's what I'd be thinking as a GM. Yeah. All right. To wrap up here, um, how do you see the playoffs unfolding? Um, not only just for the Braves, but for MLB in general. Yeah, Chicago's the most interesting team to me because Milwaukee's just been so filthy hot in St. Louis, actually, for a team that was really bad, and I thought Mike Schilt was going to get it. Joe Madd might be the guy who gets it. I know his contract is up, but if they don't make the postseason, it's certainly going to be easier to walk away from him. I think Milwaukee, they, they missed by a game a couple of years ago. They were in the playoffs last year. They're the perfect example of if they get in, are they going to be better than that and win the next round? So. You know, Los Angeles is probably the best team. Oh, they are the best team in the National League. They're the most complete team in the National League. Um, Washington, I wouldn't want to face in a series just because of their staff. So in the National League, I'd say it's the Dodgers. I'd say it's the Braves. But I do know Washington, to me, is the most dangerous team that might not get in or get in. And I think St. Louis is the least talked about. Do you see what those pitchers are doing? And if Goldschmidt or, I don't know, Dexter Fowler or somebody actually helps carry the team, then then they're not a slappy. I think we thought a couple of weeks ago, give me St. Louis, it's a bunch of slappies. We'll go beat them, and I don't think they're that. And I, and I like Houston and the American League, but I'm telling you, there's something about Oakland. I, I don't know what it is, and, I, and I, I've said in the best of five, if it goes to five, I think they're in trouble. And I'm not a magic carpet ride guy, but if I was going to bet in Vegas, now if I was looking for my money line, I'm betting on Oakland. More than anybody else, for the odds, I'm betting on Oakland. Interesting. Um, and I don't think they're the I don't think they're the seventh most talented team, eighth most talented team. I don't think they are. But if I'm looking for a money line bet, I think I'm taking them over anybody this year. Wow, I you're all in on on the ace, just all in. I, well, I'm, I, I'm I'm all in on the idea that, and I'm admitting I don't know a ton about them. But the, but the nights that I've watched them. And I've watched them dismantle a couple of pretty good teams. Like, I've watched them beat the dog out of a couple of teams. And you go, how the heck are they doing this? Well, I don't know. But at the end of the day, if you're going to give me really good money odds on a team that I've, I've seen limited amounts of times, but the times that I have, I go, you know what? Maybe it's time. Again, not a magic carpet ride. Maybe it's time. But maybe it's time a team like that actually did damage in the, in the postseason. I'll bet on them. 
keeping the, the team from beyond the left field wall. That might actually surprise everybody. Brett Anderson and Homer Bailey has given them a combined 42 starts this year. Unbelievable. It's insane. There's, there's no reason for them to be a 91 team except they are. And again, remember this, they did not go through the rebuild or what we think about as a rebuild. You know, it's not been, it's been pain-inducing because they haven't been able to push forward. But it's not Kansas City 10-year rebuild. It wasn't the Cubs who were awful for a stretch. Uh, it certainly wasn't the Houston Astros who were worse than the Cubs for a stretch. Uh, they will have got theirs. You know, maybe it's time that somebody else sort of comes out of out of that, that pocket of, oh, them? Yeah, maybe them. And look, at the end of the day, the Yankees don't throw well enough. They don't throw well enough to have me believe. Fun to watch. They, they I'm not betting against Penny, that offense. They what they've gotten out of DJ LeMahieu yeah. this year is just absurd. Oh, Torres? I mean, yeah. Urshela? I, yeah. Like, all of them. It's just, but, it, it's it's wild. But... There's again. They're gonna. Their bats are gonna go dead collectively for one night, they, or it would not be good enough. Now all of a sudden, in the best of five, someone's only got to win two. And I, I'm telling you, it's really hard to be to dominate in the postseason. It's just hard. And if you blow a game, whether it's the Dodgers back into the bullpen, whether it's the Braves because all of a sudden they get caught up giving up home runs, uh, even Houston, you know, if you lose one of those games in a series that you should have won. Then, then it gets at least dicey enough to have me believe that 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 sort of those teams that don't have the big payrolls or aren't thought about have a better chance. That's for some reason I just think Oakland is going to take a game or two from somebody, and then they're going to be in a dogfight to win with them. I think we're we're overthinking all of this. I just think it's going to be Astros Dodgers. I just I don't know how we get around it. I think so. They're... I will I will take I will take your money. You come up with what you think that World Series is worth. Mm-hmm. Like what are the odds? And I will take your money. I will bet the house. I will bet the field every day of the week. I don't think it's that simple. Because if it was that simple, Boston would be in the playoffs. I mean, if it was but, that simple. Well, no, Boston's on the playoffs because Boston didn't address their bullpen this offseason. Like, they decided no, 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 not but to coming do coming after last year, listen, you didn't say that Boston wasn't going to be in the postseason this year. Nobody did. Everybody thought they were going to be in the postseason this year. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, they should have, but like we had uh, John Taylor of Sports Illustrated and I, we were talking about this in the off season of like them just not addressing, like not signing Kimbrel to a three year deal is fine, but like, you you have to do something else. You have to show up that bullpen with something else, and they just yeah. were very arrogant yeah. in the way they did it, and they just never addressed it. Tell me, you tell me what you want as a as a as a bet that it's Houston and the Dodgers, and I swear to God, I will take <laughs> the field every day of the week. I'm not kidding. I will. T- I'll tell. I'm telling you right now. I don't think it's going to be Houston Dodgers. I can I tell. I think it's that simple to just declare. I just don't, and it's not a knock against them. I think Houston's best team in the American League. I think the Dodgers are the best team in the National League, and I just don't think it plays out that way. Okay. I just don't think sports and this sport more than any plays out that way. How about this? If you're right, you can come back on this podcast and gloat about it and say this is yeah, why they play the game. I'm too old to gloat. Okay. I'm too old to gloat. I will do it again, though, maybe as the World Series gets set. And, and if you're right, I will tell you, you know what? Dumb me. I did exactly what you said. I overthought it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm overthinking it. I think I'm just going to say that anytime somebody tells me that something is a given, I didn't I'm say given. I, I didn't say given. I I said we're overthinking it because it's just it's just going to be so hard. If they if one of those two teams were in a wild card situation, I'd be with you. But they're not going to have to do the wild card stuff. Okay. They're going to be able like okay. it's just going to be so damn hard to beat them in a five seven game series. Okay, so 
here's my concession. Houston's the best team in the American League. The Dodgers are the best team in the National League. And I don't think we're going to see a Houston Dodgers World Series. I don't know, man. I, I just, I, right. I'm see? not going to do it. I can't do it. But if I'm right, I will. Um, let's see. What, what will you give me if I'm right? Uh, I can appear on Nick and Chris and just gloat about everything. I, I am one man, one vote. I do not have that power. Oh, so Nick, not a fan. What do you mean? Oh, as a joke, as like Nick was the one who would it'd be like, no, he's not coming on. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, it's one man, one vote. I, I don't, listen, I'll book a guest. I just can't, you know, I, I will at least run it by people. Mm, yeah. I, I, I mean, are you a, uh, are you a beer guy? Are you a wine guy? Are you a bourbon guy? I am a, a beer guy. Oh, all right. You, you pick your case. Okay. And, and I don't need anything in return. I'll, I feel like I heard you. You can, do, you, can do the, you can do your World Series preview show hammered. <laughs> I don't think that'd be a great idea. I, I think I shouldn't do that. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I'll get hammered with you. Okay. We'll just we'll do, do a World hammered pregame show. Hammered. Sure. Sure. Hammered with Chase and, uh, Chase and Chris. There you go. Yeah, perfect. I'm in. All right. There we go. Chris, right. this has been great. Deal. I appreciate you. Uh, you taking the time. We have remember, a deal. It's value. Remember, it's value. Playing above your pay grade. If we've learned anything tonight, that's what we should have learned. You got to okay. play above your pay grade. You got to be better at that than the other guy. I mean, that's that's the nature and the, the ethos of this podcast, I would say. I would say if we were going to summarize and, and title this as a book, that's what it would be. Play above your pay grade. There you go. Chris, All thank right. you so much. I appreciate the time as All always. Right, and no I problem. will... Uh, I will talk to you again soon. All right. We'll talk to you. All right. That'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. Thank you again to our presenting sponsor, Panko Chicken. Um, thank you again to all of my awesome guests for coming on the pod. Um, and don't forget, if you like today's episode and you are an Apple podcast listener, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. It helps. Um, you can also find us on Google Play, Spotify, Um where you can access all of my previous episodes and read all my work. So Chase Thomas podcast slash page hyphen 11. Um, so go do that. Read all my stuff. Listen to the podcast. Um, all that good stuff. Uh, also follow me on Twitter at Chase double underscore Thomas. Uh, like the Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash Chase Thomas writer. And uh, also follow me on Instagram at Chase double underscore thomas all right thanks so much guys and i will have another episode for you very soon nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin Hagler, and thomas hearns Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.